Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Living with Power Hope podcast. My name is Lena Ebujemra, and I'm your host. As usual, I want to welcome you if it's your first time listening. I am so glad you tuned in. We're in a great series called Dear Lena, and I'll tell you more about it in a minute. But if you have been listening for some time, then I'm glad you're back. I hope every one of you subscribed to our podcast. You can do so right now, and uh, you can also leave a five-star review for us if you'd like. Uh, in the meantime, I uh, hope you're having a great week. We are talking about... Hope for the Christian in a post-Christian world. We are in a series where I'm bringing biblical truth for everyday life. I answer your questions about life, faith, culture, and everything in between. Uh, we have hit the gamut of questions so far, and we're going to keep going. Basically, you got a question, I'm going to try to answer it. All you need to do is send me your question at dearlina at livingwithpower.org. My name is spelled L-I-N-A, dearlina at livingwithpower.org. Living with Power is the ministry that I run. You can find us at livingwithpower.org. And we've got so many awesome resources for you to grow in your walk with the Lord in and through. Hey, today we got a great question that I think you'll enjoy uh, or at least be encouraged by, particularly if you're married. If you know me, you know I'm single. Uh, but uh, because we know God's word, because we know his truth, we can answer questions that pertain to all demographics. And uh, uh, this reader uh, or listener has sent me a uh, question that I believe will be very relevant to us in a post-Christian world. She says, Dear Lena, my spouse no longer believes in God. His faith has deconstructed. What am I supposed to do now? Um, This is a good question, a hard question. There's a lot of pain buried in those words. This is a person who it sounds like married a person, um, this couple, uh, when they got married, believed the same thing, it sounds like. And somewhere in the course of their relationship, uh, one of them, the man in this case, stopped believing. De- uh, well, deconstructed doesn't necessarily mean stop believing. I think the word is used intentionally, and I think it's worth mentioning a little bit about uh, what deconstruction is. It has uh, become a thing now. Uh, you'll hear about a lot of Christians whose faith is deconstructing. Basically, questions have come up in uh, the mind of men and women who consider themselves Christians and uh, has led to doubting uh, God and his word and has led to eventually um, lack of answers if they haven't asked the right places and haven't looked for in the right places, or maybe they have. It's hard to know. But at some point uh, along the way, um, that doubt has led to disbelief and many have left the faith. In fact, some very famous examples of that. I don't know that I need to name any names, but I think most people who follow um, Christian culture are familiar with at least two or three big names in the last year that have claimed this deconstruction of faith. And um, some for very obvious reasons. There was a couple recently, the man came out as gay, uh, whereas others just just questioning life and and maybe some past wounds have led to that. It's hard to know, you know, exactly what has led to this deconstruction. So I love this topic. It's near and dear to my heart. But but for this person, it's not just a theoretical topic. It is a personal topic. This person married a man who uh, no longer believes the same thing as she does. At least that's my understanding of the question. So what's she supposed to do now? I'm going to give you three concepts here, three points, as I usually do in trying to answer your questions from a biblical perspective. Uh, Number one, uh, and by the way, this applies not just to husband, wife, but any loved one in your life that has deconstructed or left the faith. So number one, when someone you love's faith deconstructs, refuse to give in to your feelings. Refuse to give in to your feelings. The most natural response, um, uh, well, there's a lot of responses, but some of the common responses when when someone you love and you married uh, or you have a relationship with on one premise changes their perspective, I would imagine there's a lot of dis- disillusionment, there's anger, uh, maybe there's frustration, maybe there's hurt, grief, uh, denial, argument. I mean, there's a lot of feelings, but, but, but what I'd like to start with is this idea that don't give in to your feelings. 
Not giving in to your feelings does not mean that you don't experience them. You, it's normal to have feelings. I'm, I'm not talking about not having feelings here, but I am urging you don't give in to your feelings. Giving in to your feelings moves you from self-pity to despair, from discouragement to depression, from anger to bitterness and divorce. And by the way, the answer to deconstructing faith is not typically divorce. We'll get to that in a minute. There may be some situations where that happens, but uh, let us remain biblical in our understanding of how to deal with the feelings. We all feel different things every day. And in this case, some legitimate heavy feelings that might go on for a long time. So I'm certainly not discounting them. In fact, I, I, I ache for the person who, both sides, by the way, the person who's going through the deconstruction and the person who uh, feels maybe um, betrayed by that person, but do not give in to your feelings. Um, don't not giving in to your feelings simply means that we are not controlled by them. Remember that the person who control, controls every follower of Jesus is the person of the Holy Spirit. I love Galatians 5 to that regard, where it talks about the fruit of the flesh and then compares them to the fruit of the Spirit. And the main fruit of the Spirit that undergirds all the rest of them, it's the last one listed, and it is the, the, um, the fruit of self-control. And that self-control is the Spirit-led control of the Holy Spirit. Remember that we are no longer our own in Christ uh, we are living by faith uh, uh, for the Son of God who gave his life for us. So he's now living in us. We're controlled by the Holy Spirit. I'll, I'll be honest, most days we don't feel like that because we are walking in the flesh. At least that's what happens to me. I forget the reality of who I am in Christ. And it is, it is, that is, by the way, the reason why we spend time in the Word every day and why we listen to Christian podcasts and, and try to surround ourselves with Christian influences because it is important to continue to think biblical thoughts. So not giving in to your feelings, it doesn't mean you don't have them, doesn't mean, um, uh, but it does mean that you're not controlled by them. And then not giving in to your feelings means that you refuse to let your feelings rule your heart and mind. That's what I'm trying to say. So when someone you love's faith deconstructs, refuse to give in to your feelings. Uh, here's, here's a second big concept. When someone you love's faith deconstructs, get ready to figure out who you love the most. Um, I'm going to read you some basic verses from Luke, uh, from the mouth of Jesus. These are red-letter words in the Bible. Uh, Jesus, speaking about what it means to be a Christian, uh, says this. Uh, first, uh, he was conversing with the crowds, and they uh, turned to him, um, or he, he was with them, and he turns to them in Luke 14, 25, and this is uh, what he says going into verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. He goes on in verse 33 and says, so therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Uh, these words of Jesus, uh, I can't imagine anyone reading them and not feeling challenged. If you're in Christ, you might feel challenged, let alone if you don't know Jesus. Uh, they are words that can only be stomached when the Holy Spirit of God unveils your heart and your light and your eyes to see the light of Jesus. And so uh, hard verses, challenging verses, but real verses on what it means to be a Christian. And I think we sometimes want to minimize that. Uh, Jesus is not advocating that we hate our brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers. In fact, uh, quite the opposite. Christ is love, and this is love that he demonstrated his love for us, been dying for us. First John 4 talks about what love means. And so Jesus is love. And, and he's certainly not telling us to hate one another. What he's saying is that there is a greater love than the love of father, mother, brother, sister. In fact, the thing that often keeps people from uh, full allegiance to Jesus is the love of father, mother, spouse, 
uh, son, daughter. And so uh, nothing will reveal your love for God more than your loved one questioning your God. I think this is uh, an important point here. If you're walking in Christ and the person you love and have committed your life to no longer follows the same God or questions the God that you love, uh, the premise of your relationship is now on shaky grounds. I can understand the feeling of betrayal, but now is a chance for you to decide who do you love most? Do you love the person you married more or do you love Jesus more? And see, nothing will reveal your love for God more than when your loved one questions your God. And again, that doesn't mean you'll leave the one you love. In fact, I would argue quite the opposite. This is your chance to love. Uh, but, and, and here's another side of it. Nothing will purify your love for God more than choosing him, God, over your loved one. Now, again, you might be like, what? But God wants me to be loyal. I'm not talking about disloyalty. I'm talking about love. And so, uh, by the way, this is a challenge for every married person and for every single person who wants to be married. We have made in this, in fact, let me give you the third sub point here. Nothing will destroy your love for God more quickly than choosing romance over true and abiding love. We have, have I think our culture, especially our post-Christian culture, has fed us this lie, this mirage, that if you find the one, your soulmate, this Hollywood idea of love, this Hallmark movie idea of love, that you're going to be happy, that you'll never be dissatisfied again, that your contentment level will peak, that you will just live happily ever after. And while marriage is fulfilling and wonderful, I'm told, but <laughs> the truth of it is, we were, never be, to be, we were never meant to be satisfied with that one person. We were meant to be dissatisfied until we find our satisfaction in the Lord. That is why there's so many married people who are not happy because they've expected their spouse to make them happy. And so when I talk about now, who do you love the most? That doesn't mean you love your spouse any less. Remember, love is not a feeling, it's a choice. And so first, don't let your feelings rule your heart. Secondly, decide in your will, decide in your heart, who do I love the most? That is going to motivate your decisions. That is going to motivate your sacrifice. That is going to motivate your reactions. All right? And if you don't believe me, listen to the words of Jesus. If you're not willing to renounce all that you have, you cannot be disciples. And so a hard call, yes, that is why Jesus says, narrow is the way that leads to life. And I think we've watered that down to the point where we just think, man, just be a Christian. You get eternal life. God answers prayers. It's all good. There's a prosperity version of Christianity that overflows into marriage and romance and sexuality and on and on and on but 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 it's it's more than that all right and so my spouse no longer believes in god his faith has deconstructed what am i supposed to do now here's the third big idea when someone you love's faith deconstructs resolve to pray resolve to pray uh, the answer when someone's faith deconstructs is not to leave, it's not to divorce, it's not to put ultimatums, it's not to be angry, go to the lawyers, set your, hunt down, look up your prenup, you know, to try to see what happens now. No, the, the answer is to pray. Uh, you say, where do you get that? A lot of places. First of all, a good re a resource for you, by the way, is First Peter chapter 3. That is a, a, a section of scripture where Peter actually speaks to the wife who's married to a disbelieving husband. And it gives very clear instruction. Likewise, wives, be subject to your husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. That's a lot of pressure. Be like, man, what, am I supposed to save him? No, you're not supposed to save him. You're supposed to love him or her. If you're a man, you're, maybe your wife has deconstructed. You're supposed to love, love, okay? Now, I want to I encourage you with, with Jude. Jude um, gives us some perspective on that, too. Uh, he talks about uh, verse 21. Jude is one of the before last books of the Bible. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And then he says this, and have mercy on those who doubt. Mercy moves you to pray. 
Uh, it goes on, save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Then it moves into this doxology prayer that is familiar to many ears of people who have been in church. I love these verses. Verse 24, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory and with great joy to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. And a reminder in the small book of Jude that, that we can't do it. We are to have mercy on those of that. We are to pray for them and to speak truth to them so that we could potentially be tools and instruments to snatch them out of fire. But our force, our strength, our ability is not rooted in our own ability because the truth is if you're emotionally involved, you've failed more than you've won because you're angry and you're, you're, you're emotional and you've got kids you're worried about and, and the future you're worried about. So I get it, but our strength is in this. Now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling. All right? This is an encouraging word. And so when someone you love's faith deconstructs, resolve to pray. Why? Not because prayer saves you, but because the person you're praying for, God Almighty, who owns glory, majesty, dominion, authority, and is able to keep us from stumbling, is at work. Is at work, even now. Nothing will change your spouse, or your son, or your daughter, or your friend, or your sibling, more than the power of prayer. The key is for us to persevere in prayer. Nothing will change our loved ones more than the power of prayer. Nothing will strengthen your heart more than the manifest presence of God felt through prayer. Something happens when we pray. Listen, all of that energy that you have, just, just bottle it, put it in a, let it overflow in tears if you must. The psalmist talked constantly about his feelings to God. And in one verse, he says that God puts his tears in a bottle. Listen, nothing will strengthen your heart more than feeling the presence of God in prayer. And nothing will give you the endurance that you need more than the voice of God leading the way. That's what Jude is saying. Jude is saying there's a God who is able. And as you put your trust in him and as you pray to him and as you resist the temptation to bolt, to leave, to anger, to yell, to fight, to divide, as you... Submit to what God, the trial that God has you in. I don't know the outcome of it. It might end up in divorce. There's a time to divorce. I get it. That person I mentioned who was on social media and the husband now claims to be same-sex attracted and after two, you know, 20 years of marriage comes to that idea and wants to leave. Okay, like you can't force them to stay. I get it. In fact, the right thing might be if you're, if you're with someone who, in fact, Peter talks about that, that if you're someone who doesn't believe and they want to leave you, then you leave. But Peter also says that we are to endure in that relationship because God perhaps might use you to bring that person back. And if you do so, Jude said that we might be snatching those people out of fire. Not us, but the power of God in us. So, your loved one no longer believes in God. What should you do? Refuse to give in to your feelings. Get ready to figure out who you love the most and resolve to pray. All right? Sound easy? It's not. It's hard, but it's possible through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Hey, if that's you and you're struggling with the weight of someone you love no longer believing, I would love to pray for you. Can you please email me at dearlena at livingwithpower.org? Or if you have a question about life in post-Christian America or the world, send me your question at dearlena at livingwithpower.org. Hey, I'd love for you to join us on Thursday nights. I host a Bible study on Facebook live. You can communicate with me live. Uh, you can listen to God's word. And I believe it will help you grow. To join us, go to livingwithpower.org. At the top of the page is a blue box. It says, join our community. Click on it. It'll take you to where you need to go. Lastly, if you're looking for resources, 
download whatever you want from our app, uh, the Living With Power app, or on our website, livingwithpower.org. Know that we pray for you regularly. We love you. I believe uh, God is at work in and through uh, your life uh, right now in, uh, among the people that you're dealing with. And so I uh, pray that God will give you the strength that you need to make it all the way home. Hey, have a great week. Uh, remember to like this podcast, share it with someone, uh, leave us a comment if you might, and uh, have uh, a great day until we meet again next week. Take care.